Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good buddy Doug McCary. Coming to you live on this Wednesday afternoon, last day of May. We are so glad you have tuned in today if you want to call this afternoon. Even though we're going to be, uh, once again, kind of doing a flyover of Acts. We'll cover about uh, Acts 20 through... What, who, 20? who are you? Yeah, I Wait, know. Wait, who, who is this, Jeremy? <laughs> I, he looks vaguely familiar. Uh, oh, man. I told you now back in... I think it was in January. I said, man, my, my spring and summer is starting to stack up. Yeah. Uh, but I'm you, looking ahead. You've you got to be a million miler now, man, I'll on tell your you what, car. On my car. <laughs> well, not mine. I, I don't know if you do this... Uh, I only started doing it about five years ago. I love to drive. I know this sounds crazy. In fact, I was just meeting with our guest, who's going to be my guest tomorrow, Jeff Dalrymple, who is the found, co-founder of the Jackson, the Northeast Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce, also the founder of ECAP. We'll get into that tomorrow when I have him on. But he was just asking me, he goes, so how, will your flight back good? And I said, well, my flight wasn't that good but my driving was really good uh yeah so we left last wednesday headed out to texas after being home for about eight days from our drive to colorado which i had to go pick up hannah from school bring all her stuff back and that's boulder right you were that, in boulder? no uh, fort collins oh, fort collins, fort collins. Right. yeah colorado state go rams and anyway so uh it's been a yeah i've had i've, I've had quite the driving spring uh but you, you've been going between Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, man. You have been all over. Yeah, and then next week I'm going up to North Georgia to spend a couple of days with a good friend of mine. And uh, and then I think outside of a trip to New York City in a couple of weeks where I'll go see my son and his wife, my daughter-in-law, up in New York City, Jacob, who's been here on SWAT radio before. Yeah. But uh, – it's good to be here, brother. I yeah, just well, kind of relax. You, you know, I mean, uh, we had David on. David did a good job. Yeah, he he always does a good job. And, he does. And we had, you know, Pastor um, Heath Lambert, Dr. Lambert on yesterday. And, you know, I've, I, I've never met him in person. Mm-hmm. Solid but, guy. But, but did he come I, in studio? No, no, no. Okay. But, but I talked to him before the program and what just a solid guy man he is and he you know he's caught a lot of flack because he's taken a stand he hasn't gone woke on a lot of the mm-hmm. things where a lot of mm-hmm. churches are compromising and um you know i'm just glad that people are starting to stand up and say and listen we can speak loving truth to people without compromising it's yep. not unloving to uh, affirm truth mm-hmm. ever yeah you know, yep. for somebody, yep. you know, I sent you that thing. Did you see that thing about that lady? I, I brought it up. He had not really heard about her. It speaks at the Southern Baptist mm-hmm. Convention for the last four years, who really basically says that we should um, we should affirm uh, people uh, where they are as transgender and use their pronouns, which uh, he said, absolutely not. It's a lie. It is a lie. You don't <clears throat> affirm a lie. That is yeah. never loving to do that. Yeah. When somebody is lying about what God made, right? You know their perception can be what it is, but we we need to speak the truth in love. It's not loving 
to speak the truth. I mean, it's not loving to speak a lie to somebody to make them feel okay about yeah. where they're at. Well, it's the whole process. You know, we, we're, we're supposed to tolerate it. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to accept it. We're supposed to celebrate it. And the fourth level is we're supposed to participate in it. Mm-hmm. And I think when we start having being forced to call people by pronouns that aren't honest, yeah. uh, we're participating in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that should not be said of those who love Christ and love his word. Yeah. And, well, I'm excited to go back. I, I think I told you on my road trip back, I was uh, I was trying to listen to SWAT on the app, which I should have done it through the Internet. But, I was, of course, you know that stretch of highway on I-10 somewhere between Tallahassee and Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Not good. And uh, so I missed the interview. But he, I've known Heath for many years. In fact, Heath was one of our instructors when Vicky and I went through uh, nuthetic counseling training mm-hmm. when we were being tra- trained in biblical counseling and uh, boy he is solid he is solid and, and I mean I commend him mm-hmm. for taking a stand on some of the issues that the the church is being confronted with today yeah, yeah he is he is he's a great guy and uh, I, I've just I, we continue to pray for him uh, as he recovers from his most recent surgery and um you know we just lift him up uh, and lift him into the care of the lord we know brad you you have been gone through a lot of stuff going on you know the whole um target uh pride theme kids you know what's unfortunate is that the lgbtq community has hijacked the rainbow which god gave as a symbol Mm mm-hmm of his covenant love saying he'll never destroy the earth with with water again and they've hijacked it and um and now when people see rainbows it's a bad thing and it shouldn't be right you know we need to retake the rainbow back you and i talked about this uh i think it was last year we said how do we start something where we start to take the rainbow back well, we, we just need to start affirming that the rainbow is God's covenant symbol mm-hmm. to his people. Yeah. And and it was a covenant. Uh, he said, this is the mark of my covenant. I won't destroy the earth with water again. And so anyway, the whole Target thing, Target has lost over $10 billion in market valuation mm-hmm. over the last 10 days. Yeah. Is that not unbelievable? Uh, well, I got to tell you, that's encouraging. And, and I'm getting mixed uh, voices regarding this. I'll just tell you right up front, my view is I'm boycotting it. Well, yeah, because we, we are, listen, we're not hateful to people. We yeah. don't go in and bully people, but we can make a, our voice known through our pocketbooks. Yep. Yep. And we can choose <clears throat> yep. to, to shop at places that are not going to mix that political uh, and and really could you imagine in any other thing what if they put murder themed stuff right, in there right well and would here, you feel good about going in there then yeah no and i mean i think that the, the argument is well walmart supports those kind of things too uh so do so does amazon um, and i'm just throwing out names i right. can't i can't verify that but i'm pretty sure uh you know these these types of companies all are doing this kind of stuff the difference is Target puts it right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue that I have mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, it, it's it's grooming, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I, I really can't think of a better term than grooming. And, uh, and you know, putting it in the back of the store doesn't change my opinion. No. Uh, in fact, the only thing that might change my view 
is if the CEO or the president or the founder, whoever they are, came out and said, I'm sorry, we completely missed it. Yeah, but the CEO has come out and he's defended. He's doubled down. Yeah, he's basically, he says, even though they've lost $10 billion in market value, he made the statement that it's helping us drive sales. It's building greater engagement, both with our teams and our guests, even though point like point zero six percent of the whole country yep. is trans. <clears throat> yep. uh, or, or, you know, but but the whole thing is and even there's only like, what, three or four percent that are truly LGBTQ, right. at least at one point. <clears throat> but now they're grooming children. And that's part of the issue. Is there, and you remember Charlene Cothran we had on? Yes, absolutely. And she said this was where they were going. Right. They were going to try to get the children. And Coles has jumped on board too now. Coles is done. I'm done with Coles. I, I didn't mm-hmm. shop at Coles, but uh, d- definitely I heard that today. Uh, you know, it's just Coles, North Face, and these companies are going to, we're going to probably continue to see some of this, but. Uh, I think we're having a little Bud Light effect on them. That's what I've heard. <laughs> well, ten I, billion dollars. Yeah, that's that, pretty significant. That is, and I, you know, even yesterday. Now they're saying that that Chick Fil A is starting to go woke a little bit with the whole equity thing. <clears throat> and you know, I, I just think back to what um, what Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker and them were talking about. This is this is infiltrating Christian led companies and mm. the church mm-hmm. in such a way that you are seen as a bigot or a hater if you don't buy into it. Right. And what it dismisses is the complete sovereignty of God in all the things that are going on. Listen, mm-hmm. that's not to say that bad things aren't happening and people shouldn't take responsibility. But you Brad Sykes is not responsible for what somebody did 80 years ago 100 years ago you're not responsible for what your dad does right the bible's clear on that right now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have some kind of empathy but there's a difference between wanting people to own the sins of somebody else and being caring about people right Mm -hmm. we should always care about the those that have been downtrodden and those that are taken advantage of well that would be like uh taking the uh i think there were Right, about 48 shootings over the weekend in Chicago. Yeah, nobody's not, talking about yeah, that. Yeah, nine murders. Well, what if we pin that on somebody here in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and said, well, you're of the same race, therefore... <laughs> I mean, it's just it's total insanity. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you're right, Doug. I feel like it's like the mafia. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's uh, I, I call it social terrorism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I heard somebody say the other day, it's the gay stopo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know what Vody calls it is the alphabet mafia. It is. You know? It is. But um, I, I have to give props to, um, you know, um, Clayton Kershaw. Have you heard, you know, the pitcher for the Dodgers? Yes, you I know. know he um, Is he for the – oh, Kershaw. He, yeah, yeah, Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. <clears throat> yeah. So – Here's what happened. Some of you may have found this. And by the way, if you're just tuning into SWAT, the first segment, we always look at things going on in our culture from a Christian perspective. How do we respond to those things? How do we um, walk in a Christian worldview 
with some of these cultural issues, it's not that we're calling everybody to be a culture warrior. We should be spiritual warriors, though. And in, as being a spiritual warrior, our chief primary objective is to know God, to walk with him, and to make him known in the world. And so we, we don't affirm sin. We don't affirm sinful behavior, but we love the sinners that are out there. We, we should do that. We do. But Clayton Kershaw <clears throat> is a great pitcher, and uh, the, he plays for the Dodgers. And a few weeks ago, uh, the Dodgers disinvited a uh, LGBTQ charity called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They're like an anti-nun group. They're, they consider themselves trans and queer nuns. Mm-hmm. And here's their motto, go and send more. Yeah. That's their motto. Mm. And so the Dodgers canceled them. Then they got pressure. Mafia, and they, the mafia. The mafia pressure, <clears throat> and they came back. But they did this ceremony last month where they had a children's program with a drag show with a blasphemous imitation of Jesus and Mary. It was just awful. And, you know, the Dodgers re-invited them back. And even though Kershaw, who plays for them, disagreed he said it's not right to make fun of other people's religion. Um, and so he approached the team about relaunching the club's Christian Faith and Family Day. And they agreed to do that. And he's going to give a testimony. They'll have somebody hmm. share. And so good for him for taking a stand out there saying, I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed to to bring that and, and do that. And so, uh, you know, that more people ought to be doing. Well, stuff can you like imagine that. if if uh, there was a group that came out against Muslims on the field at Dodger Stadium? Oh yeah, that would never happen. Absolutely never happen. We'll pick up on this when we come back from the break. If you want to join us, eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's eight four four seven 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 SWAT. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. if you have a question or a comment. We'd love to answer that here on the air. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1-9 states, 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. We at WTRJ The Truth are happy to tell you about our new shout-out feature on the Truth smartphone app. Now you can encourage others on the air with short testimonies on how this radio station has impacted your life. Maybe a program you heard helped to turn your marriage around, offered some insight on being a better parent, or taught you principles that revolutionized your prayer life. What I like most about uh, Dr. David Jeremiah is how he takes scripture and applies it. The message was about outreaching and how we should be bold and strong about sharing our faith. First, download the Truth app to your phone, the App Store if you have an iPhone, the Google Play Store if you have an Android. Then open the app and tap the small microphone at the bottom and tell us how this radio ministry has touched your life. Over the next few days, you might hear yourself on the radio, so be sure to have your friends at church listen. And thanks for sharing your story and shouting us out on WTRJ The Truth, the Florida Georgia Truth Network in Ocean Way at 91.7. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, Brad and Doug here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon, May 31st. We're glad you have tuned in. You know, Doug, you were talking about, before we went on that break, these uh, these sisters of perpetual indulgence mm-hmm. that the Dodgers have re-invited to come back. And uh, you were talking about this uh, Kershaw's, uh, the pitch, one of the pitchers. Yeah. This was, uh, this. I don't know if you saw this about the Washington Nationals pitcher, Trevor Williams is calling now you know we have some catholics who tune in here yeah and uh he's calling for his fellow catholics to reconsider supporting the los angeles dodgers following the team's decision to honor the sisters of perpetual indulgence (laughs) at its upcoming pride night celebration says williams said in a statement on twitter he is deeply troubled by the dodgers decision to re-invite and honor the group on june 16th because the sisters of perpetual indulgence makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion. Mm. You know, I tell you, this is what we need, Doug. Mm. We need, we need. you know, I was thinking uh, we need truth tellers. Yeah. But we need truth tellers who have some courage. And uh, that doesn't seem to be uh, in in uh, 
big supply these no, days uh, in and out of the church and, and that's what we were talking with dr lambert about yesterday within the southern baptist convention because uh people uh, like um rick warren and i met rick warren i met him back in 2000 but he and andy stanley and some others who i think started off well mm-hmm. have now either because of influence or whatever became pragmatic in a lot of the ways they think and think they're above scripture in yeah. some ways. Um, now, the, both of them would tell you they're not, but the proof's in the pudding. What What are they saying? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? Um, we, we, you know, yesterday from the conversation, it is clear from scripture that women are not to be elders or in authority over men in the church. Mm-hmm. They're not. Or the home, for yeah, that matter. Right. Um, so... Um, but you know, Brad, as we do this flyover, uh, of acts, you come to certain places and we, we kind of breeze through acts 19 yesterday, Paul goes back to Ephesus on his third journey and he spends three years there. I mean, he, he's there discipling his ministries, winding down guys like Apollos, Timothy are being groomed to come up and, one of the things we notice in 19, and it's very instructive, they're disciples there. These are people who say they're believers. And Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Something he saw in them led him to believe that they might not really be true believers. Did you hear the correct gospel is what he's asking. Now, there are people within certain um, sects or denominations that believe you can be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. They believe in a, uh, a baptism of the Spirit and a full impartation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, some believe you can't have the Holy Spirit if you're not speaking in tongues, which means Billy Graham is out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, first uh, By the way, there's no record of John the Baptist speaking in tongues either. Um, you know, um, there, uh, he didn't do a miracle. So all these people that are focused on miracles get focused on the experience. And, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says we're baptized in one spirit. Acts is a transitional book. It's not the norm. In fact, we see Paul still doing a Nazarite vow. Nobody does mm-hmm. Nazarite vows right, today. Right. Right. And so Paul, this is transitional. And he says, listen, John baptized in repentance you guys have some of the info, but you're not fully there. So he shared with them. And in our culture, some people think they're Christians because of a high moral code, uh, but they have an incomplete knowledge about Jesus. And um, not all followers of Jesus are true believers. They're not. They There's a lot of people that create their own version of Jesus, their mm-hmm. own version of God. and um, But there is no gap between salvation and the Holy Spirit baptizing you. When you are a born-again believer, the Spirit comes in and gives you new life. And you are, Jesus said you're born again, right? And so, uh, and notice Paul didn't teach them about the Holy Spirit. He taught them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't you find that interesting? Yeah, there? I do. I do. What, but, a, what an interesting, we're looking at 19, these first really seven verses just this idea of something in their life made him ask that question yeah well they yeah they, did you receive the holy spirit when you believed 
And, and, you know, Brad, we see this is the fourth time, and this is why I wanted to go back to 19. We kind of covered it yesterday, talked about the Sons of Sceva, but I think this is really important today because there's a lot of bad teaching out there on tongues. And this is the fourth time in Acts that speaking in tongues validates the experience here. But again, this is a transitional book. This is not normative. In Acts 2, you see all the Jews there were speaking in tongues. Mm. In Acts 8, you see half Jews, the Samaritans, speaking in tongues. In Acts 10, you see the first Gentile. And now here in Acts 19, it's Ephesus. It's the ends of the earth. Mm. And by the way, the word for tongues there is a known language it was a sign to the jews tongues is not the norm it was not the norm then even though they did it you know when paul wrote the corinthians a lot of people like to use that letter saying see paul said i wish i could speak in tongues more than any of you or you know or, or he said you know something like that in in corinthians and he was admonishing the corinthians because they were abusing the gifts they weren't hmm. doing them <clears throat> correctly and one final note on 19, in verse 7, we see 12 men and one leader. There were 12 followers. They didn't have the Holy Spirit because they didn't know Jesus. But then Paul instructed them, and they became believers. They became the basis for the churches that we're going to read about in Revelation later. And who else had 12 men? Jesus. Yeah, so Paul's being like his rabbi. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's chapter 19 now in chapter 20 paul goes uh you know uh, he sent for disciples and encouraged them and then he departed for macedonia he is going back to jerusalem but on his way back he stops by and he does something amazing he raises eutychus from the dead and that was a huge thing who else did that his master jesus did that and that's authenticating Paul as he does that. And then in Acts 20, he speaks to the Ephesian elders, says one of the most beautiful verses in the scriptures where he says, I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course in the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That is an amazing verse where he's saying, I just want to finish my course. Hmm. And Brad, we live in a day right now where preachers falling, ministry leaders falling, people are getting sucked into different things. And, um, you know, I, I shared this story back when I was teaching through it. James Calvert was a missionary to the cannibals of the Fiji islands. And the ship captain who was taking him and the people with him there said, listen, I'm really worried about you guys you're going to die you're going to lose your life if you go live with these people and you know what he said we died before we came oh that's solid he we died mm. that that's mm. jesus calls us <clears throat> to a perspective of that and that's yeah. really acts 20 he's just telling them goodbye he says i'm not going to see your face again and he's going to jerusalem and when he gets to jerusalem we're, we know what happens. He's going to give an account in Acts 21. We're going to see that in a second when we come back from the break. And then he, from the rest of his time to the end of Acts, he's going to be in prison. And um, But he's okay. Paul had that same James Calvert kind of attitude mm -hmm. that says, you know what? It's okay if I die. He goes, I'm innocent of the blood of everybody. I, did, I didn't shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God. 
And he said, I coveted no one's silver. He said, all I want to do is preach the gospel. And boy, he finished faithful. He was a bold witness up until the day of his death. And things are about to start getting hairy for him as he goes back to Jerusalem. And we're just going to look at 21 and 22 when we come back. And uh, it kind of fly over those. But but 19 and 20 are pretty powerful chapters, aren't they? Yeah, I've got that uh, pretty well highlighted, uh, th- those, those verses there in 20 about not shrinking from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And then he, it, from there, he talks about paying careful attention mm-hmm. to live a life honoring the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we'll pick up in uh, chapter 21 when we come back from the break. If you want to call this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. You can also email us your questions or comments to ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. I'm Paul Acey, and you're listening to Plugged In. Back in the Renaissance, learning art was hard. Most artists worked as apprentices for anywhere from three to eight years. If only YouTube had been around back then, they could have learned how to draw a unicorn in just 12 minutes. Sure, that unicorn might not be ready for the Sistine Chapel, but in the family-oriented YouTube channel Art for Kids Hub, drawing it looks like it'd be a lot of fun. Artist Rob Jensen runs his channel with a lot of help from his family. He helps his four kids draw everything from pizza to poison frogs, and they invite viewers to join in the fun. Rob's kids come in all ages, so the pictures they draw range from easy to advanced. And because the channel is geared toward kids, it's quite clean, too, even if the paper isn't. Want more YouTube reviews? Draw on Plugged In's years of experience. I'm Paul Acey for Focus on the Families, Plugged In. There's a few delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound before Stockton Street. Also, there's a broken-down vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 northbound at the Buckman Bridge. And there's another disabled vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 southbound before Blanding Boulevard. Cloudy tonight, low 69. Thursday, mostly cloudy and breezy, high 83. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come to seek and save. Hi, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this afternoon. If you want to call 844 844- Seven 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 nine two eight is the number. We would love to hear from you as we make our way through Acts this week, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to try to get through the next uh, verse twenty. I mean, chapter twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. I think. Yes, sir. All right, and and busy. so we we are we're looking at uh, right now. We're at twenty one after he speaks to the elders. He sets back. He gets over. You know, he he navigates and gets to Caesarea. And you know who's there? Remember Philip the Evangelist yep. and his daughters? He stays with them. And Agabus says, hey, the man who owns this, he says, take your belt off. He does this 
thing that we see in the Old Testament God used Isaiah to do, Jeremiah, to kind of give a very um, dramatic presentation of a prophecy, right? And he's in Agabus, this prophet says, the man whose belt this is, he's going to be bound like this. And Paul says, I'm not only to be ready to be in prison, but to die for the name of the Lord. Let the will of the Lord be done. It just shows his heart, right? Yeah. So he goes back to Jerusalem now, and he gives them a report, and he reports to James, the brother of Jesus, who was kind of the leader of the Jerusalem church, and the elders there. And he's telling them about all the things God's done with the Gentiles, and then they tell him, listen, you need to do what we tell you to do. There are men here who are telling lies about you. And so they tell him to keep a Nazarite vow and and to purify himself. And Paul submitted himself to the elders. And th that's amazing to me. Paul is such a, a strong leader here, but he submits to the authority of those that are over him. And you know, the problem is the law and dietary, ceremonial, traditional, all those feasts, those things are not for salvation. They were a foreshadowing of that. And, you know, Brad, tradition is not evil if you look at tradition for what it's supposed to be. Mm. <clears throat> it's supposed to show decorum. It's supposed to foreshadow. If you look at that as your source of salvation, then it's bad. If you look at it as just the Jewish believers associated those ceremonies with God, and that's not a bad thing. That's what their families grew up in. And so as long as they see it in that context, it's okay. But the Judaizers, they were they they said, listen, you got to be circumcised. And the, you know, they the, they were making a claim that Paul is against the law. Paul never taught Jews to forsake Moses. He never taught Jews to forsake the law. And there's a difference. He just taught the Greeks that they were free from the law because they're, they, they were what? They were under Christ and the Jews too, but Paul never taught against the law. And I think that's an important distinction yeah. for us to point out here. There are no New Testament constraints to keep the ceremonial law, but if you want to do that, that's fine. Right. You know? Yeah. But we do keep the moral law because the moral law reflects our credibility as messengers of the most high god and so those things are important for us so in 21 that's really what it's about but we see paul in the temple having these conversations people see him there they accuse him of bringing a greek trophimus in there and they start a riot they start beating him and this is where Paul says, hey, can I say something? Because what happens, the Romans are there. There's a whole, um, there's a, a thousand troops on the wall there at the Antonio Fortress. They see what's going on, and they come down there, and they come down there because they don't want riots. Their whole job is to keep peace and justice. They come down there, and Paul says, hey, do you mind if I say anything, something to these people? And to, you know, God's sovereign act here, they they do. Uh, and by the way, the guy who came down to rescue him, the Tribune, uh, was uh, Claudius Lysias. And uh, we're going to hear about him later. But Claudius Lysias comes down, brings people, and rescues Paul from this angry mob. And again, this is the second or third time God uses Romans to rescue Paul. Isn't that interesting? It is fascinating <laughs> to kind of follow that trail. Yeah. You know? 
that over and over and, uh, and again, Paul is being protected. Yeah. Now, other people may think, no, he's not. Yeah. He's being, you know, persecuted. Yeah, but he's he's being protected from death. Yeah. And, and so uh, Paul starts speaking to them. And they they got quiet because they, they heard him speaking in Hebrew. And he says, hey, I'm a Jew. I was born in Tarsus. I was brought up in this city. And, and you know, he starts laying out his pedigree. And they would have known. Paul studied under Gamaliel, you know. Hmm. And Paul just starts talking about his, his background. He lays this out. And, you know, he talks about uh, a life of service to God a life of caring for others. This is what Paul does as uh, he shows us what that service looks like. And, and up until the point they heard Gentiles, they were listening. But when he said to them, listen, uh, when he's sharing his story, by the way, this is the first time he shares his story other than in Acts nine, it's told about him. Luke records it, Mm -hmm. but here he's telling it right. And, when he's telling it, he says, and then he said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Well, they got upset about that. That's when they raised their voices. They said, away for such a fellow from the earth, he shouldn't be allowed to live. They wanted to kill him for what he said. And so this is, this, this is the first of Paul's defenses as he's now going to be a prisoner through the end of Acts. And what he does in every situation he always keeps pointing to Jesus and talking about uh, his trust in Jesus. And Paul's greatest motive in all these defenses that he has, or six total, is to present Jesus, not to save himself. Hmm. And, you know, that's convicting to me, Brad. You know, when if you were in prison, you know, if we're really honest, don't you think we'd be worried about getting out to see our family or oh, getting absolutely. out? To, but Paul is worried about the people that are there that they'll know Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and over and over again, you see this in Paul. I, Galatians 2.20 comes to mind. I've been crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And, and the reality is Paul knew. Paul mm-hmm. knew what his end would be. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how that would affect us and the way we live mm-hmm. if we knew that was our end. Would there be courage? Would there be boldness? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you take every opportunity, even in the midst of persecution, to say, wait a minute, can I have a word? Can I have a word? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you see in well, Paul. Well, all the people start throwing off their clothes. They want to stone him. And, um, and the Romans jump back in because they don't want a mob. And now they are going to do a what they call a tortured interrogation. They're going to scourge him, which is basically they take a stick with leather strips and bone in it, and they use that to beat you until you confess or tell what's wrong. And so they tie him up, they stretch him out, and uh, Paul goes, hey, is it okay for you to be doing this to a Roman citizen? And the guy goes, what? You're a Roman citizen? He goes, I... I had to buy mine. See, there was two ways to become a citizen of Rome. Second-class citizens had to bribe their way in. They Mm. bought it. Mm. But Paul says, I was born, which means he was a first-class Roman citizen. And guess what? When they, the centurion told the tribune that, all the soldiers left. They were afraid. And what Claudius Lysias did is he said, we're going to have to 
take you to Felix, who's down where? Remember, this is going on in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Felix, the governor, was in Caesarea. And so uh, as we think about Paul's testimony and what God calls us to, do we trust in God's plan when we go through difficult times like this? Do we look for opportunities to share or are we looking to get out of whatever Protection. we're in? Yeah. yeah. Do we look for bridges with our audience? Paul was always looking for those bridges, right? And are we pointing to Jesus? And, um, you know, Paul knew that God delivered him from being a murderer to being an ambassador. And mm. he was driven by that the rest of his life, Brad. And we see that in 22, 23, all the way through 28. And uh, when we come back, we'll kind of do 23 and 24. And I'm going to let you and David maybe take 25 through 28 on Friday if you want. But, you know, it's so encouraging to see this man called Paul have a life change in such a way that he's not ambitious, but he's an ambassador. Yeah. And that's it's really cool. Well, see. just the faith that it takes, not just to trust Christ, but to trust your life with him, to tr- trust your life with God, knowing that God has a purpose for you in this life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may not be easy. Uh, we're, we're reminded continuously in Scripture that, you know, if they persecuted me, Jesus said they're going to persecute you. Yeah, uh, but we have God's protection. Our days are numbered. Paul knew that. Paul said that. Our days are numbered. He knows every hair on our head. So Paul knew, you know, his days were numbered, and until that day came, he's going to preach the gospel. That's all he lived for yeah. was to to know Christ and make Him known. Yeah, what an encouragement. Looking for bridges. I wonder how many of us are looking for bridges. Eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Give us a call. Love to hear from you. You can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. If you have any questions or comments in regards to Acts as we're making our way through, going to wrap it up this week. So I hope you can join us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Your health care is just that. It's your health care. It's yours. You are unique. God made you. So instead of being a number in a system... Think about being a part of a community, one made for you. MediShare is healthcare sharing. It's not health insurance. It's a community of Christians who actually care about you and the things that matter most to you, like your convictions. You want to know your money isn't paying for things you don't believe in. Instead, now you're sharing. You're helping real people, not a corporate bottom line. And when you have a need, they're there for you. Other MediShare members and staff even praying for you. For 30 years, MediShare has meant affordable, reliable health care. And when everything else seems to be getting more corporate, more impersonal, this is a breath of fresh air. And it may be just what you have been looking for. Call now. They're very easy to talk to. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. 
The biblical foundations of parenting still work, in spite of what today's culture says. Trace Embry says, stick to it, unlicensed to parent. Last time, I talked about the importance of having foundations for life and child rearing. But it seems that in recent times, we've bought into the politically incorrect lie that the parenting foundation of godly discipline is actually abuse. That training our kids to do what they ought to do is narrow-minded and expecting too much. Though both things can be abusive, if not tempered by the Holy Spirit and a biblical worldview, let no one deter you from the righteous biblical foundations that demand you properly govern and train your kids with high behavioral expectations and start young. This doesn't make you unrighteous, just the opposite. For as Psalm 11.3 says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Trace Embry is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, to learn more, visit LicensedToParent.org. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in St. Augustine at 91.9. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call in, 844-777-7928. And this week we are making our way through Acts. Uh, we are actually... So we, uh, we're going to be in Acts 24 here for this last segment, 24 and 25. Is that right, Doug? Or yes. 23 and 24. 23, 20, yeah. Excuse me. Well, 23 and 24, yeah. to, uh, hopefully we'll get through that now. And then uh, you and Dave will try to get 25 through 28 on Friday. Yeah, and this is just a flyover. It, I mean, it's I very, think, yeah, it's, just, it's a flyover. I really want to encourage you, if you have uh, either not attended the SWAT Bible studies or have maybe you're new to SWAT. Again, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And Doug, you have been teaching through this for a little over two years. Yes. And we've been kind of working through it even here on the on the radio. And so if you want to go back and listen to any of the past broadcasts, they're, they're up on our app, SWAT Radio app, and uh, you can check them out there. Or go to SWATradio.com. You we can, also you, we you, also have a podcast for the Bible studies. You can yes. listen to every SWAT Bible study on Acts if you go to SoundCloud and just do or or just do podcast for SWAT Bible study. S W A T Bible study. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can you can check us up out on Facebook, Twitter, those kind of things. SWAT SWAT Radio Talk at SWAT Radio Talk. Well, at Acts 23, and by the way, like Brad said, if you want to call in, feel free to call in this segment. Uh, we're, we're, we're just working through this in a flyover, and if you want to call in with any questions or comments, uh, you're welcome to 844-777-7928. Uh, the first part of Acts 23 is interesting to me, Brad, because um, Paul is standing before the Sanhedrin. This is an informal gathering of the Sanhedrin. And he's giving now a defense in front of them. And Ananias, the high priest, ordered him to be struck. And Paul's response was visceral. Mm-hmm. And, and and you and I probably would have responded that way too. But he says, God's going to strike you, you whitewash wall. 
And then he was rebuked by those who stood by and said, is this how you speak to the high priest? And Paul repented. He said, I didn't know it was a high priest. It's written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler against of your people. And then Paul started talking to them. He brings up the fact that he was a Pharisee and a division starts between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sanhedrin was made up of a mix of Sadducees and Pharisees. And the Pharisees believed in resurrection. The Sadducees didn't. The Sadducees were the elites. Um, the Pharisees were the blue-collar guys, the religious guys who put in a lot of the work of the, the study of the Torah. And so uh, Paul is making this defense before them. And what was really interesting in verse 11 of 23 is the the tribune was afraid Paul was going to get torn to pieces because they were so upset with him. And so he ordered Paul to be taken away. And that night in the barracks, Paul had to be discouraged because it says the Lord stood by him and said, take courage. For the Lord to come speak to him that way, mm. he had to be discouraged. He says, as you've testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, now you got to do it in Rome. So the Lord's telling him, Paul, I'm, You're not, going done, to Rome. I'm not done with you yet, yep. right? <clears throat> and so, but the next day, these Jews made a, the Jewish leaders made a plot to kill him. And God's sovereignty, again, the son of uh, Paul's sister heard it, came and told Paul. And then uh, the, the tribune took him and basically said, listen, we got to get you to Felix. And once again, the Roman soldiers rescue Paul because God's sovereign plan is he's not done with you until he's done with you. And so he gets him to Felix, the governor in Caesarea. And this is where you start seeing when he writes this letter, the Tribune, he says, this guy has done nothing deserving death or imprisonment. He wrote a letter to him. And you will see that theme over and over before Felix, Festus, Herod, and even in Rome. Paul could not be charged with sedition. He couldn't be charged. He was innocent of those things. The only thing that was going to be said about Paul is that um, he he loved Jesus and preached Jesus. Yeah. And what what's striking to me, Brad, God mobilized 400 troops 470 to be exact mm -hmm. troops to escort paul from from uh from uh, jerusalem, jerusalem to yeah. caesarea mm -hmm. isn't that amazing <laughs> yeah. if, if you would have told paul that like six months ago you think he would have believed that yeah so it's uh two of the centurions 200 soldiers 200 spearmen 70 horsemen mm -hmm. yeah 470 yeah, and so what we saw in chapter 23 is a God who shows how he cares through his supernatural providence, his supernatural plan. I have to tell you, so before I came on today, Lori and I were going to see Rachel, and we're going to spend some time with her, and man, we were looking for a place up in that area to mm -hmm. kind of rent an Airbnb or right. VRBO. Right. It was like three, $400 a night yeah. everywhere. <clears throat> And so on a whim, we remembered that a, a friend of ours who went to Israel with us in 2019 uh, lived up there, but they had moved to Alaska. So we reached out to them 
to ask them if we could stay in their house or if they knew somebody that had one. And she said, well, we sold our house. We talked to her, but let me check. So I was talking to Lori on the phone today about it because we've kind of, we, you know, we got like three weeks and, and I said, well, maybe something will pop up. You know, God's always been good to us. Not two minutes after those things came out of our mouths about we, we both are trusting mm. God in mm. it. We get a text from that lady in Alaska who says, I got a friend in Kentucky who will, uh, she's got a house up there and it wasn't Airbnb, but they passed some kind of deal now where they can't have Airbnbs. But she said she'd be happy for you to stay there. Pretty much at no cost. Love it. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> Love it. And I mean, like, this is something <laughs> that's like a $400 a night thing up there mm. that now because they can't do it, but she's a believer and her husband's a believer and they just wanted to bless us because we're believers. And that's just the sovereignty of God. He is sovereign. And mm. I know there's got to be people listening. Well, he's never sovereign for me. He never, I've talked to people who struggle with that and I don't know what to tell you except to pray, to trust, and seek his will. And he will never fail to provide for the things he wants you to do for him. Yeah, He never does. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to provide everything you want him to provide for you, but he will never fail to provide. Has, have you ever seen him fail to provide for the never. things he wants you to do? Never once. Uh, maybe not in the timing that I wanted. But it was definitely in his timing. Yeah. How often do you look back, Doug? Sometimes, sometimes you have it laid out right in front of you, like a a place to stay in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it takes a little further down the road as you look back mm-hmm. and you see God's hand in the the decisions that you made and where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just sharing with you our stay in Austin this year. You know, m- many of our listeners know I have a grandson who had a severe heart, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, disorder, whatever. And uh, over, I think it was nine weeks, we were able to stay in somebody's house for nine weeks, rent-free, a mile from Dell. That's a a God thing. It is, it is. And that's, of course, where we were this weekend was at that that family's wedding. And uh, we, we, and now here's the crazy thing people in fact you were talking about joe white a little while ago the guy who did the service is good friends with joe really he's not only that he asked me where are you from originally i said well i'm from houston he goes oh where like area of houston i said i'm from the sugarland area fort bend county he goes oh my goodness i have a good one of my in fact my very best friend uh planted a church in fort bend county Mm-hmm. I said, "What church is it?" He said, "River Point Community Church." I said, mm-hmm. "You talking about Pastor Patrick Kelly?" Mm-hmm. He said, "You know Patrick?" I said, "We were part of that church plant 28 years ago." Oh my! Now, I mean, you think, and, and you start weaving the threads of things. And here's my point: <clears throat> I think so oftentimes, Doug, we don't just settle in and ask God to show you where he's been so faithful in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about first Thessalonians five, 16, 17 and 18 rejoice, always pray constantly, give thanks in all things for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We don't have thankful hearts no, because we're so focused on what's next and we're not resting right where God has you today. Yeah. And uh, boy, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is, this is me being honest. I struggle in that area. Mm-hmm. give him today mm. just give him today 
That's all he uh, wants. Was, it was tomorrow's got enough to worry about of its own. Yep, yep. He just give him today. That's a good word. Well, you know, one of the things we see in Paul in Acts twenty four is he goes before Felix here, Brad, and and basically he gives this defense, and he shares the gospel here. And I'm real. I'm going to let you and David take it up with 24. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say this: God left Paul in prison for two years. He didn't write. He didn't preach. We don't know anything he did. And I wonder if he left him in prison for the same reason he left Joseph in prison in Genesis. That maybe his response to what the high priest did wasn't what God wanted to display in his servant. You know, and Joseph saying, hey, remember me, remember me. Hmm. Maybe looking to that guy. So anyway, uh, y'all can deal with that on Friday. (laughs) Thank you, folks, for listening to SWAT Radio. So good to have you back, Brian. Good to be back, Doug. Join us tomorrow. I'll have my good friend Jeff Dalrymple in studio 